and we're back. Hey everyone, and uh, welcome back to the Wizari Epon podcast. I'm your host, Path, and I'm here, as always, with my brother, Ichigeki X Edge Chris. What's up, Pat? Uh, Pat? <laughs> good to good to talk with you again. Yeah, it's been a while since we did one of these, and I believe the last time we spoke, uh, you were jet-setting your way to New York for a big, important tournament. Or, no, L.A. this time, right, for the All-American? Yeah, so I... L.A., yeah. So I'm based in New York, but... Uh, yeah, so the last time uh, we did the pod, I was talking about how I was getting ready to go off to los angeles to support my dojo mates uh and in their uh venture in the uh 17th u.s weight category karate championships in los angeles um so that's put on by the los angeles branch of the iko1 or the kyokushin kaikan matsui group um and yeah it was a it was a fun tournament uh, have you ever been out to la path no, I've I've never been. I've been to New York and Texas is basically the only places okay. in the U.S. I've been. Oh, in Arizona. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, I used I've been going to the tournament and competing for the la- you know last couple of years, maybe last eight years or so, uh, minus COVID. Um, and I usually do kata, and um, I've have talked about it on here um, that I fought there once um in super heavyweight but uh this time i was i was just going to hang out um so it was cool it was my first time renting a car out there so it was a little bit more um liberating uh i wasn't stuck in the same four block radius uh for for a weekend this time i went out for a weekend and just took my time driving around la doing some uh um research not research i guess uh doing some work for the dojo explorer blog that i run um where i profile different uh dojos but yeah so for the tournament uh there was about five competitors from the new york dojo or uh supporting dojo from new york a couple people live outside of uh, outside of new york so um but yeah everyone competed in their weight classes unfortunately at least for Kumite, none of us came out on top. Um, but a couple uh, second place, second and third place uh, um, wins. Unfortunately, my dojo mate, uh, Daniel, who fought uh, super heavyweight against Soto Nakano, uh, lost by disqualification. There was an accidental a face punch as he, uh, as he was... Uh, you know, fighting Solta. So that was disappointing, but uh, happy to announce that this was the first uh, qualifying tournament for the 13th world tournament that's happening in November in, in Tokyo. Uh, so most of my dojo mates have, have qualified for that tournament. Um, so we'll be going out to, to Tokyo again uh, in, in November and I'll, I'll be supporting them uh I guess either as a fan or in a little bit of a coaching capacity, maybe. Um, but yeah, that was that was a good trip. I got to meet Amaki Kenji uh, for for the first time, uh, so Very that was jealous. cool. Yeah, uh, I sent you a pic. I think uh, as soon as I I took it, uh, but it it was a 
little bit of an awkward encounter. You know, I kind of forgot that he lived here for 20 years and he would speak English. So I sort of asked for a picture in Japanese and he just responded in English like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, no, he was much nicer, but he responded in English like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. Um, yeah, so that was a good trip. And that sort of leads into uh, another thing that's happening this weekend in Tokyo. It's the International Friendship Tournament put on by the Kyokushin Kaikan. So this is more of a senior, like 35 and above kumite competition, as well as a kata competition for kids and adults. Uh, so again, we have two New York Dojo uh, participants out there uh, now, and also will be two uh, new, former New York Dojo now uh, Washington, University of Washington Dojo uh, competitors uh, going out to compete in the Kata division this weekend. Uh, so I think it starts like tomorrow on Friday. So we're recording on Thursday, April 27th. Uh, so I think it starts like tomorrow on Friday, the 28th, and goes until Sunday. Um, and then another thing, since we're recording on the 27th of April, uh, yesterday was the uh, the 29th anniversary of Sosai Masayama's death. Um, and then this year, 2023, will mark the 100th anniversary of Sosai's birth. So it's a kind of a cool year um, for Kyokushin in general. And I'm excited to see what happens at the World Tournament for, for like the 100th anniversary. I'm sure there'll be some sort of like cool... Um, exhibition or, or presentation yeah it is a huge year for Kyokushin especially like you said with the anniversary of Sosai and then um, it falls on a world tournament year um, first world tournament post you know COVID insanity so it'll be interesting the world's finally open people can travel um, I know you're talking about the uh, friendship tournament coming up this weekend mm -hmm. <laughs> very very funny name to me it's like yeah giving each other brain damage in uh, friendship and kindness uh, but i think yeah. last year they debuted if i'm if i'm remembering correct it might have been the year before that but they debuted uh their like almost olympic style kumite because i know iko did a couple tournaments and i think one of them was at the friendship tournament in april <laughs> where they did like semi-contact rules i'm wondering if they're going to do that again this year if they'll have a division for that yeah, I don't know. So I know they they probably did it at the friendship tournament, and I know they've had like a semi-contact tournament in June, like later in the month after the All Japan Weight Category tournament, um, which you know Yuta Takahashi used to take part in, and I think was sort of the 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 golden boy for the the semi-contact, um, like you know. Uh, the exploration into the world of semi-contact, but um, yeah, it's not really emphasized in the IKO anymore um, since he's left and since Olympics are over. Like, it, it, I think originally yeah. it was it was for a bid into the Japan team of, of the Olympics, uh, which I knew from the start wasn't going to happen because. Uh -huh. 
Why would they allow Kyokushin guys into the into the sport karate world? Yeah, WKF the... has an iron curtain around that shit, and they do not want to share. Um, yeah, that was my thought too. Was that um, especially now that I think it's France that gets it next? I think they've already said flat out, yeah, karate's not coming back for the next mm-hmm. one. So my assumption is, once all these organizations that were so heavily pushing the semi-contact. Once they heard that karate is not even getting another chance in the Olympics, that they're just like, okay, fuck it. Yeah, it it was a, I, I it was interesting to see how Jokshin fighters adapted to point fighting or or to semi contact. Um, I don't know if they did it well. I would say Takahashi was probably the best at it because of his fighting style in general. Tended to be sort of um, in and out, and uh, and that that, that he had a wicked stuff. fast yeah. Uchi Mawashi Gary too, just like a light mm-hmm. pop, just bang, really close, which served him well in that. Where not a lot of guys can do that. Yeah, Aramenko has a really good one, but the problem is he throws it too hard. He definitely knocked him out and get disqualified. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened with the Olympics, right? In the Olympics, like the Cuban guy yeah. threw actual kick and knock the guy out but and he lost yeah That's crazy it's not it wasn't really his fault either because the guy kind of threw himself into the head kick like he he like slipped almost as yeah. it was coming in sort of threw himself into it so yeah that was that was stupid but that's yeah. you know world point fighting speaking of speaking of point fighting and rule sets um the ikeo updated their rule set Again, as of as of this month, as of April 2023, uh, so they. I mean, they... the video just went live today, for the record. So we just saw it as well. So. Oh yeah, I was watching it today too. So. Uh, Brand new, it, hot uh, off the press. Yeah. Yeah. So it, some interesting changes. I sort of knew something was happening because my Shihan is like the international um, chairman or whatever. Or chairman of the international committee, so he was talking a little bit about it uh, in class. Um, but basically, they they've changed the judging criteria. Um, so they're emphasizing, you know, damage. You want to cause your opponent damage in in the fight. You want to do effective techniques. So nothing, no wasted movement. You know, again to cause damage. Um, and but something interesting is that they're also emphasizing defense, so you have to bl- start blocking the attacks that are coming at you. Um, so start checking kicks, start you know blocking punches. Um, so I thought that was um, something new and something that really in Kyokushin isn't emphasized. You're sort of taught to like take take a kick. It's good for you. It builds builds character but uh it you know it is important to, to block techniques um to preserve your your body and to to also become a better fighter like you can't always you know take damage right but i felt kind of felt bad because in those videos they were using <laughs> navarro as a uh as an example uh as a bad example uh for taking too much damage so he he kind of just uh, 
takes leg kicks and, and keeps fighting. So that's something that they are not going to be looking at uh, kindly anymore. Um, and then lastly is aggressiveness and also respect throughout the fight. So if you are you know, taunting your opponent, if you're you know, shit-talking, like that's not going to be looked, looked, overlooked anymore. Like That is going to count against you. Um, is that really yeah. a new rule, though? I feel like that was always sort of the case, that if you tried to pull some you know, weird shit that you were always... Like, I, I still remember, this is way back, this is way back mm-hmm. now, but in one of the weight tournaments, um, I remember Nobuaki Kakuda, one of the head refs for K1 later on, when he was still in the Kyokushin mm-hmm. Kaiken, he knocked a guy out with a with a high kick and then, like, started jumping up and down celebrating. And I remember them making a huge deal about that, of that not being respectful or budo or cool. And all the mm-hmm. comments were trashing him. So I, I feel like that's always been the case, just maybe it wasn't written down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like they never let that shit slide. Oh, yeah. And also, so Kakuda was actually Sato Kaikon, so they probably were already out to get him. But uh, uh, well, yeah, I, thought that's, he, uh, I thought he switched later. Oh, he's like a he's like the poster boy for Sato Kaikon and is now like the Hombu chief of Sato Kaikon. Yeah, I, 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 for some reason, had thought, because he did fight in an IKO weight tournament, I, I was pretty sure that he'd started there and then left with Ishii to Sato, but uh, I could be yeah. wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, to me, he's always been Sato Kaikon, and, you know, looking, I've been watching a couple, like, old Kyokushin videos this week on YouTube, and there there has always been one or two Sato guys, like, training with the national team or, or something like that, so... It wouldn't be unusual that he would be participating in a mm. IKO tournament. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, and they they've also um, they've also added a new foul clause or like created new fouls. Um, one of them is called michaku, so that's touching your opponent's hands or going chest to chest. So. You know, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Um, so basically, I think what is happening is that the IKO and Matsui Kancho are moving away from that like chest-to-chest Kyokushin fighting style, which has been sort of a characteristic of Kyokushin, at least from the 90s onward. Um, and, you know, with this Michaku, like, I don't know if I like the the hand part of it, where you can't sort of knock your opponent's guard down and then you know then attack. Is that that's something I do, and it's something I think is you know important in terms of just being like a karate ka in general, thinking about kata and thinking about how all those like those little movements. Like the wrist turns and stuff like that in the kata are actually, you know, parrying techniques or parrying the opponent or like manipulating the opponent's like hands and stuff. So I don't know if I particularly like the hand thing, but the chest to chest is fine to me. Like I am not a chest to chest fighter. Um, so I like, you know, having a little bit of distance. 
Um, and I think it looks better in general to the uneducated viewer um, instead of just having like a giant brawl. Um, but um, what do you think, Pat? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I was watching um, former world champion Mikio Ueda recently did a video where he visited, to me, arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, Byakuren Kaiken champion, mm-hmm. uh, Yuto Fukuchi, who's won a million titles. And Yuto Fukuchi is a middleweight, but they just uploaded some videos of them at the Byakuren uh, school sparring and stuff like that and something i always think when i watch the japanese team prepare for a world tournament in the, in the few videos we get of that there's a video i saw of uh, shohei kamada and yuta takahashi now of course these two are like hyper technicians that move a lot and then mm-hmm. watching mikio ueda and fukuchi you know spar something that struck me is that it's absolutely beautiful to watch like they're parrying every move they're moving on the outside a lot. They're being very careful. They're picking their shots. They're checking kicks. And I, and I remember every time I see like top level sparring like that, I'm like, man, this is mm-hmm. so much more beautiful than what we get in the actual fights sometimes. But I, so I understand the thought process of like, well, let's change the rules so that the stuff that everyone's doing in sparring when they're just training to be like good martial artists let's make the tournament format, you know, um, reflect some of that, some of the beauty mm-hmm. and the defense and the movement. Cause that's, I hear that all the time from people who are like, man, Kyokushin sucks. Like there's no defense whatsoever. And it's like, you, if you, if you watch the videos I'm talking about, you see people just training, mm-hmm. you, you see a lot of it and you do, it does happen in fights. Like, uh, Zahari Damianov was really great defensive fighter who would block and parry every move. But there's not a lot of them, but to me, it seems like they've, they've, they've found a problem. Some people might not think it's a problem, but I, I'm a little sympathetic because of the things I'm saying. Like, I think, man, I wish more of that beauty defensively came out in the fights. And they're like, how can we fix it? But to me, in my opinion, the biggest reason you don't see that level of defensive beauty is the format itself less than the rules. If I... And just, okay, I'm number 22 in the tournament. Number 24 comes through the other bracket. I've never seen him before. I have no idea who he is, what he's capable of. I have two minutes to prove to the judges I'm better than him. You think I'm going to waste time sitting back, parrying, and waiting to see what he's capable of and looking for an opening? No, man, I got two minutes. I got to fucking go. (laughs) I got to throw. I got to go attack, 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 attack. To me, that's the reason why a lot of fights devolve into brawls with not much defense. You ain't got fucking time to be blocking. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, yeah, I agree. So to me, that's the problem. If you want, I understand the thought process, but if you want that more movement style on the outside, picking shots, being defensive, you know, and it look, you're right, it does look better to the viewers. It looks more like kickboxing or something like that that they're more used to. If you want that, then you need to work on the time limit and the format before you. I'd also say that pretty historically, uh, maybe not so much in the IKO, but certainly in Shin Kyogushin, moving backwards or side to side at all is like an immediate, like the judges are 
just going to shit on you. There's a lot of yeah. fights where, you know, Yuta Takahashi specifically when he went to Shin Kyokushin, there's a lot of fights they threw to the other guy just because Takahashi took a step back because they took that as like weakness or being hurt. Mm-hmm. So I would I would work on that before I worried about, you know, touching hands or whatever the hell this rule is. Yeah, I mean that that's also a good point because it brings up the next um sort of category for new fouls was uh something called kolchaku. So ineffective or no, sorry. Kolchaku is ineffectiveness when going like arm to arm or wrist to wrist for three to five seconds, which I think like you know goes along with that chest to chest fighting like if you sort of lock arms or if you go wrist to wrist like that's wasting time like that's not really effective fighting um but the inactivity is actually called shokyokuse and that so that's sort of um if you are deliberately being inactive or if you're backing away or trying to create like too much distance they're going to knock you for that now. Um, so, but I don't know what about like a good balance yeah. would be. Like if you're trying to be defensive, if you're trying to check kicks, if you're trying to be smart about how you're fighting now and less uh, being less of a brawler, how do you balance being defensive versus being inactive? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that sounds like it's going to compound the problem because now you're like, well, we want to see you actually block and defend moves and parry them and then counterattack. But also, we don't want you to take any steps back. And also, you have to be throwing at all times. It's like, well, I can't can't well parry a middle kick with my hand and punch with the same hand. Like, it's – yeah, like I I feel like they're just – I mean, we'll see because – I remember there was a lot of doom. I'm trying to be fair and remember that there was a lot of doom and gloom in 2016 when they introduced the sweep rules. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, this is the death of karate. This is where Budo goes to die. <laughs> it was all, you know, the, you know, he the lost sky is so falling. many people because of it too. So yeah. many branch chiefs, branch chiefs left. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, like, now that the dust has settled and we have guys like Kovalenko, like there's been some cool shit that came out of it and it wasn't all bad. To me, what was really bad was the just touching with a high kick is a Wazari. To me, that was way worse than the sweep. The sweep is not a problem at all. I actually think it works quite well the way it is implemented now. But that's what I'm saying. I agree. So I'm, I'm going to give it a chance is what I'm trying to say. Like I remember I was really down on the sweep rules, you know, five, <laughs> six years ago, and it actually turned out totally fine. So... I'm gonna like I'm gonna see how it plays out in the um, weight tournament and then obviously the world tournament. I'll give it I'll give it this year basically, and we can yeah. reconvene in January on whether I think it's terrible <laughs> or not, whether I'm gonna yeah, cry I, about it again. I also think it's it's also in favor of the Japanese as it always is, right? So they notice that mm. maybe if the Japanese go chest to chest with a foreigner european fighter yeah foreigner foreigner is going to be stronger like just naturally they tend to be bigger and and just more okay muscular maybe um so i think it might be trying to figure out a new way for japanese fighters to win decisively okay so 
interesting point. I mean, very possible. Devil's advocate, Satan's asshole. I'll play Satan's asshole right now. (laughs) Their best shot at winning the world tournament. I'm curious if any of our listeners can... This is for you, too. This is a question for you guys, too. Who is Japan's best shot in the IKO to win the world tournament? They don't have many prospects, right? Because everyone's a middleweight for them. They're not going to be able to beat Aramanko. It's not going to happen. It's Nishimura, right? That's their only shot. Yeah. Nishimura (laughs) Nishimura is all chest-to-chest, and he's all pushing, and he's all, like, hand manipulation. They've outlawed everything he's good at. So I do think, to be fair, it may not necessarily just be trying to give the Japanese an advantage. That can't be the only reason because they're, they've literally cut the knees off their best chance to win this year by like outlawing everything he's good at. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, we'll see, man. I, <laughs> uh, Maybe I they're hoping some of those middleweights will step up now because they won't be getting you know pushed off the mat. But that was my first thought. I was like, why are they doing this? Nishimura's fucked now. This is the only thing he can do. Yeah. And as we've talked about in the past, like he's have he's had trouble with his pushing, um, both in Japan and internationally. So yeah, he's gonna have to figure out a new new game, I guess, in seven months. Like that's kind of crazy. I'm I'm really curious to see. I mean, we have a general idea. Like I'm sure uh, Takahiro Kaga, um, probably Kenta Nambara. I assume because he's been bouncing back and forth. He did he did three four fights in Rise, kickboxing, mm-hmm. and then he won the, um, I think it was heavyweight specifically, all Japan heavyweight title. So he has bounced back and forth a couple times. So I'm assuming he'll make a run at it. He likely qualified because he won that title. I would assume. Um, yeah, I'm trying so, to think of who else they would field. Like it's not, it's not. Oh, I was looking. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at so the IKO released like two, um, like national team training videos, um, on Kyokushin Online, and so I saw Arata. I think I saw Nishimura. Um, they had the twins from Kyoto. I think their last name is like Ohata or something. One of them is like doing yeah, Ryuji Ohata. Yeah, yeah, Ohata, and then. Kaga was there. Tokuda from Osaka was there. Um, Yamagawa, of course, was there. <laughs> My man. <laughs> My man's going to be there. Body bags on the sideline ready for him. They're going to airlift his ass right back out as soon as it's over. Oh, man. Yeah, but the thing They'll is, Ohaka yeah. and them, they're, they're small, man. They are not they are big. Small. Yeah. Fuck. So, I don't know if I actually saw... Ambara air in, in either video. That's not the good, second. <laughs> that's yeah, really the, not good. If that's the best they're bringing is, yeah, like yeah. Oh, holy fuck, man. <laughs> the last world tournament they had Mikio Ueda, Yuta Takahashi, Shohei Kamada, and Arata, and they're like, well, he's still here. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit. And there was a couple like there's like those guys from Josai and and. Uh, um, Joel Hoku, like the like, I guess like Takagi Shin and that other kid, uh, like 
Um, really good is, middleweights. Is, like, Daiki something. Oh, Daiki Yamagami. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, there's like the other half Japanese kid. I forget his name. Um, he was he was in the first video. The second video was much smaller, so I I guess I don't know what happened. They were they like the first video had like everybody, including the women. Um, so Nanami Sato was there, and uh, you know I apologize to anyone that follows the women of the IKO more closely. Um, as I've admitted it on here in the past, like it's not. I tend to follow the Shinkyokushin women or the JFKO women's division more um, than I do the IKO. Uh, but there, you know, there was a couple solid girls there too. Um, but the second video was noticeably smaller. Um, it was mostly just either Arata or Nishimura. There, I just like a bigger person there. I couldn't really tell. Um, and then Ohata, the Ohata twins were there. Sato was there. Aga was there as well. So, um, yeah, I I still say Arata may be like one of their best fighters. Kaga for sure. Don't know if he is world champion level though. He's too small. Kaga, Kaga yeah. got brutally KO'd by Aramenko last world tournament, and I don't see why that would go any differently this time. Yeah. He's got to hope the brackets break different. He doesn't get that fight again. Tokuda is interesting. Tokuda is from the Osaka branch. Um, One of the only Osaka branches that is still with IKO and and not uh, broke away to uh, Nakamura. But uh, he's like an interesting fighter. But I think he's sort of like a a journeyman fighter like he, he he's not he'll get to like the middle of the tournament i think but he definitely won't make it to the finals yeah i mean i think the all japan open was a pretty good idea of how things are going to play out where kovalenko beat arata in a really tough war and then lost a close decision because he was exhausted to nishimura also let's mm-hmm. be real i think that was a hard sell for Kovalenko to beat Nishimura unless he like got a Wizari or something. But um, yeah. I think those three are in the mix from the Japan side, like Japan training camp side. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Aramenko, Zagainov, Ekimov, Navarro, and maybe Diogo Silva from Brazil. Maybe. I don't know if he's going to come. Diogo's like, Diogo's like, I was watching a video. He fought in 2000. He mm-hmm. fought He's in, been the, in the as world long tournament. As yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to come back, but uh, there's also that um, I do not know his name, to be honest, but he's like a very short, blonde Russian kid that seems to be doing uh, very well on the national side of. of tournaments in russia so it'll be interesting to see if he will uh sort of get through um the like at least some of the smaller japanese fighters oh yeah absolutely i mean he i've seen him fight uh igor zagainov twice and uh gave him an absolute run for his money even was him by kicking him in the face once so 
Absolutely. If he can do that, he can take on probably just about anybody from the Japanese team. So um, have we got an official word that like it's going to be okay for the Russians to travel to Japan for the tournament? Do we have no. any comment on yeah. that yet? Oh, I so I'm worried if the Japanese government's going to allow it, let alone the organization. Like I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to be you know, for good or bad, right? Things at least on the news in America or maybe Canada as well, like focus on the the war in Ukraine ha- has shifted, I think. Um so I don't know if people or governments particularly care anymore. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm yeah. just I'm curious if yeah. IKO has made an official statement yet because I assume at some point they're going to have to. But yeah, I think I mean they got they got to let them because yeah, they're they're just too invested in Russia to not Absolutely. let them come. So I know we we've debated this for the last couple episodes, but. Yeah, no. I I was just hoping they would yeah. they would say officially like yes or no because I know I think Shin Kyokushin is going to go the other way personally, especially with really? Europe. Well, Europe mm-hmm. for the weight tournaments in Europe, and the yeah. world weight they straight up were like we're not asking Hanbu. The Russians aren't welcome. <laughs> so if they, yeah. I don't know if they're going to try to strong arm Hanbu like that again or not. So, but my my assumption right now is Iko is going to say yes and Shin Kyokushin is going to say no, but neither have said anything yet so we're just we're just guessing but we're going to operate under the assumption that everybody's going to be able to go to these tournaments because that's the only way we can make predictions yeah and even some of the ukrainian fighters who are now like living in poland that that was something i noticed in uh when i went to la some of the teenagers the polish team are actually ukrainian so they they have moved to like a Patrick Sipian's um, dojo, like family dojo, and they're training out of, out of there. They're like 15, 14, 15, 16 years old. So, um, so that that's kind of wild to think about stuff they've gone through in the last year and a half. Uh, it's, Hard we're training still, conditions, yeah. Yeah, um, just moving Poland and. But it was interesting to, because I sat behind them when I was watching the fights, and they seemed to like speak Polish already. So that was very cool to to observe, and it was good to see that they were sort of mixed in with you know, their dojo mates and stuff. But yeah, uh, actually, a couple of them won or got like second place, and they held up like the Ukrainian, both the Ukrainian and Polish flags, uh, you know, as they received their trophies so that was that was very cool yeah good for them um yeah yeah so speaking of this i want to touch briefly on what i think is a pretty important tournament that happened just speaking of this region is uh russia for iko had their now i should be careful because russia is a bit weird on the way they do tournaments um because iko is very closed and doesn't like playing well with others but i know in Russia specifically, they tend to just ignore those rules. Like I know there was like IFK or IKF where they just have all the different Russian teams fight each other regardless of organization. So anyway, I'm just trying to say, I'm not sure if it was closed to IKO only, but I saw mostly IKO fighters there. They did the Russian open weight championships, which I assume is also qualifying for the world tournament. 
and mm-hmm. um, Aramenko wasn't there because as we talked about last time, I think Aramenko fought Luzin in the Russian Cup and won. Um, so, I mean, that's smart to me because some some people were asking me like, well, how come he's not staying active? I mean, if you've already qualified for the World Tournament, why are you going to risk getting hurt, right? That's true. Yeah, it just makes perfect sense that he wouldn't be there. Um, but Ekimov was especially there. in Russia, especially in Russia, where Killers, they literally yeah. fight every weekend. Like, yep. there's a Russian Cup every every weekend. It seems. It's so, pretty, pretty like, 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 so uh, I don't blame Aramenko for hanging out. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. The interesting yeah. thing is, and I'm not alleging anything. I just think it's funny it works out this way. This is the third time I've seen Aramenko skip a tournament in Russia, and then Ekimov is there, and he goes mm-hmm. just goes to fuck off. And every time Aramenko is in the tournament, Ekimov's not there. I don't think they're ducking each other. That's not what I'm saying. It's just an unbelievably funny coincidence that it's <laughs> like he feels to me the same way Kovalenko feels, where it's like he needs this enclosed off you know what I mean? To really shine. And then you get to see how great he really is. Because everybody gets sort of, you know, Aramenko blacks out the sun for everybody else, you know? Hmm. But it's cool to see the other very high-level talent shine. So he had some great, great fights. Um, absolute workhorse. Um, you know, Averkin, Goryushkin, all these guys, big names were in the tournament. He beat all of them. Um, Igor Zaganov got bounced out surprisingly in the, I think it was, yeah, semifinals because he placed fifth. So he made it far, but he actually got bounced out. He got, he fouled a bunch, which put him behind, I think. I would have liked to see Ekimov versus Zaganov, but yeah, we got Ekimov versus Averkin, and we got Ekimov versus uh, Goryushkin, and fucking awesome fights, man. Just balls to the walls fighting. Um, it's really cool to see Ekimov shine. He's actually really good at sweeps, man. He was looking like Kovalenko out there. Like he was he was getting a lot of Wazaris from sweeps on people, especially the smaller Russian opponents he fought. And just he he shined. He looked amazing. His middle kick is absolutely thunderous. Um Yeah, it's just it's interesting to see that when Aramenko isn't there, you sort of get to see the other guys shine because they are very high level. And I actually, that's like twice now, because he actually, I think we talked about this on probably the first podcast we did, was uh, he really stormed through the Baltic Cup one year when Navarro mm-hmm. and Luzin and all these guys we thought would take it over him. And he beat them all. Not Navarro. Navarro got balanced early. But like to me, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is I think he might be a dark horse for the world tournament. Like when I when we say Arata, Nishimura, Kovalenko, Aramenko, these are all guys that, you know, probably the final four or, you know, part of the final four. I wouldn't count Ekimov off, man. Every time I count him out or like I'm not thinking about him, like, oh, Zagainov is here, Goryushkin is here. It's Ekimov that ends up winning. That's happened three times now. So, you know, I think yeah. he's a real dark horse. Yeah, I mean, even so, like I said, I was watching a couple of videos earlier this week. And one of them was the the replay of the this 11th World Tournament in 2015. So that's the one I went to when that I lived right. in Japan. Um, so I was there. Man, Ekimov is, like, he's an absolute killer. Like, I didn't realize that 
maybe I've talked about this, like this particular video in, in uh, episodes in the past, because it sounds kind of familiar, but like he was at, like so brutal to like uh, to his opponents in that tournament. And like, I think that's like almost 10 years ago now. Uh oh. Um, um, and so you're making. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I got to cut you off because I think you're doing this same comedy routine happened on Twitter with me and uh, Kyoku Spirit, a uh, friend and uh-huh. contributor of the show. That's his uh, twin brother. That's not him. There's two Ekimovs. There's two. E- there. Oh, my God. Yeah. We, <laughs> I, we I didn't know this, that, dude. <laughs> yeah. This this happened before. Okay. Uh, we're going to do this live on the show because I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we went through this routine with because Kyoku Spirit was like, there's no fucking way. But I'm like, no, I'm telling you, there's two Ekimovs, and we it was a really good thing. So we're going to do this again. So it's Maxim <laughs> Ekimov won the 2023 championship. And you said it was World Tournament. I'm going to look it up right now. World Tournament 2011? No, 2015. 2015. Yeah. Did he place in the top 10? I don't. No, he didn't. Shit, so his name's not going to show up. I swear to God, like, there's two Akimovs. There's is Max Sim, and I can't remember what the other one's name is. I don't. Yeah, dude. I I'm pretty sure that's, that's one of them was. Yeah, one of them was like absolutely insane. Like yeah, I, was, I was like, how is this the same person that I didn't you know didn't really um, know until like pandemic really. So, uh, but yeah, I guess if that was his brother, good for his brother. If that was him, like. I'm excited for November, <laughs> um, but yeah, who knows? Never mind. <laughs> no, it's it's it's, like it's the same thing happened where where uh, I've ever Kyoko Spirit was like, how was the guy who was like 25 or whatever in like the 2015 tournament like, how is he still going like at this level? I'm like that's not that's not, the, not the same guy. I can't. Um, I'll have to put a note in in the description or something, but. I'm pretty sure we I I did this with um Kyoku Spirit and there's there's two of them. There's Maxim Ekimov and I can't for the life of me remember what the first name of the other one is. But yeah. yeah they both see, fight I very mean, similar. We can talk while we're doing it, but maybe I could see if I just look up twelfth uh eleventh world tournament action YouTube. Fucking brilliant content. I love it. Yeah, Vladislav. Vladislav Ekimov, I found it. Yeah, it's a different guy. That's the guy uh, you're talking on. about who is like spinning kicking everybody. I don't know. Hold up. Oh yeah, oh he's right here. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. That's the guy who uh the guy you're talking about is like so brutal. Yeah, he like killed Diogo Silva with a with yeah, a yeah, yeah, kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the other one. There's a there's an identical oh, looking guy with a different first name. And that's not Maxim. That's not the guy we're talking about. Oh, he retired a long I time ago. I want that guy. I want that guy. Yeah, where's that fucking guy? We want to trade. He murdered Diogo Silva. It was so brutal. <laughs> this is the same thing that happened last time I talked to somebody about this. Yes, there is an identical looking dude who fights exactly the same, who just so happened to be in the world tournament like five, six years ago and then just disappeared, never fought again, and then was replaced by Maxim Ekimov later. It makes no fucking sense. I'm just assuming they're twins, but I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that guy. Oh, my God. Oh my God. 
I was like sitting at my computer, like, how have I never seen this before? Like, this, I was there, and I don't remember this at all. Like, so yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. brilliant. I'm so happy we did that. I'm definitely keeping that in. <laughs> but yeah, keep it in. Keep it all in. Yeah, Maxim Ekibov, dark horse for the world tournament. That's the that's the takeaway here. Tell him to talk to his brother and like they can trade together. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, dude, you know what'd be a fucking brilliant idea? Maxim fights first round. Vladislav fights second round. No one's gonna fucking know. Oh, they have no idea. Just alternate, and then you get a shit ton of breaks in between. It could be like a, yeah. They it really, you're gonna. No, notice the difference between a 35-year-old Russian man and a 30-year-old <laughs> Russian man. I look exactly the same. No, you're not. Like, have Vladislav fight Navarro and have Maxime fight, like, I don't know, Yamagala or something. <laughs> like, just like... Oh, man, that's too good. Okay, <laughs> okay so that's the... Um... The IKO side of it. One thing I wanted to touch on, since we're talking about the world tournaments, I thought it was interesting. I'm sure you'll remember that usually the Shin Kyokuchin and IKO world tournaments tend to go almost head-to-head. Like, they usually both go in November. And I've noticed that Shin Kyokuchin has gotten out of the way. That may just be, uh, you know, when they could get the venue. But I think they're going in October this time, which is a bit uncharacteristic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. And the poster which was brilliant. It was literally just Kembu Iriki and uh, Gazalskis <laughs> just standing Hell there. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, they know. They <laughs> know the final. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and to be fair, like, of course that's going to be the final. Like, yeah. who the fuck is going to stop those guys? Yeah. There's also, so now that you mentioned that it might be in October, like, not that it would be as big, I think the Shidokan World Tournament or All Japan is in early November. Um, so I don't know if they book the same venue. I highly doubt it because I don't think they would bring that big of a draw. It is it is in Tokyo in early November, and I my friend uh, Ben Vale, who's uh, who fights like Arjuken Karate. It's some like Australian based. Uh, full contact God. style. Oh no, d- he does fairly well, man. He was just uh, just he was just in just, Japan. Oh. Yeah, oh, I agree. It's kind of a whack name, but uh, he was just over in Japan for the Ocean Union tur- uh, World Tournament mm, like okay. two weeks ago or so. Um, whatever the remnants of of the Rengokai is, but because that's not really. Are they calling it So uh, Kyokushin now? Oh, so So Kyokushin broke away from oh my Union, God. like the Rengokai. Oh. Yeah, so it's I think it's Hasegawa that is still like, with the the Union or the Rengokai. Like, so I who knows, bro? But oh. anyway, I'm who sorry, knows? I'm so <laughs> exasperated. With this shit. It's like, oh man, it's like every time we talk, it's like. Wasn't this one called like, uh, you know, pee pee poo poo karate? It's like no, no, they broke off and now they're, um, you know, horse donkey kick karate. Yeah. I'm not, the names aren't that. Mosh bad. karate. Yeah, it's not. It's not Mosh pit karate. 
the names don't it's offend me. I'm all just, day. I'm just saying, like, it becomes just like a word salad of. It's getting like boxing, where it's just like the WBC belt, the ABQ, the LPT. It's like, okay, bro. I don't know what any of these belts are anymore. Uh, anyway, my friend Ben fought two weeks ago in Japan, and he's going to be fighting in the Shichitokan, their world tournament, or all Japan, in November. So I'm, I don't know if our Damn, timing will, will line up. Hopefully, I'll catch him at the end of his trip and the beginning of mine. Cause it, I've never met him in real in, in real life, but he's one of us. He's like a he's not straight edge, but he is a hardcore kid, and he does like oh, full contact man. karate. So he's uh he's one of us, bro. <laughs> like so, hey. I'm exci- I, It would be cool to meet him. Get an interview, boy. We need that shit. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I have a couple lined up. Oh, perfect. So look look uh, look out uh for some more video content. Uh, for Wazari Ippon throughout the summer. Nice, nice, nice. Because I know um, I was talking to Mike briefly, one of our contributors, and uh, mm-hmm. he was actually – he's been trying really hard to get interviews for you. Um, but oh. apparently getting a lot of no's, um, he thinks actually that he had one that was going to say yes but didn't mm-hmm. like what we said about uh, KWU. At least that, that's what he said but it was like implied. Thought that was funny, but he's trying to fuck he, that guy. Yeah, no, that's my that's my <laughs> thought. Okay. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what I told Mike to tell him. It's like fucking good riddance. But um, <laughs> who cares? I don't. I don't even know who we're talking about. Fuck that guy. I yeah, don't no, care. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody. There's nobody. But he was big. But he was just like he's like yeah. It's a little bit hard because a lot of people are, are don't uh, like are like. Oh, I gotta ask permission from the organization first. And I'll get back to you, and then they never do. You know how it is. How fucking strict. It sounds it is like the IKO. Right, you know? but, <laughs> but yeah. Again, this these are strictly my opinions and don't reflect no, the, no, no. the views of my dojo or my. We love uh, the IKO. My organization. Matsui, don't kick so. me in the face, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but also sorry to that guy if I offended you. I don't care. Oh, whatever. Like, so the. A very Bronx, New York of me, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's cool. But, that yeah. If you're able to get some interviews, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. So should we should we move on to something else? Yeah. I mean, I think we've covered the world tournaments and who we think is going to come out on top on that. Um, I know you said you wanted to mention some stuff about uh, Mikio Ueda. Yeah. So he posted uh, a YouTube video. Um, so he's been sort of doing the the um, the YouTube stuff, like uh, promoting his MMA thing and just like all around vlog kind of thing. But uh, he visited the old Olkan, which is like actually more of a pro wrestling kind of goods and like trading card store. Um, but they also have some MMA and like some martial arts. Know, memorabilia and, and stuff like that um they also um they're selling like a suit that soul side wore in like 1993 or something like so he he took a picture with the suit it had like the uh, it had oyama written in embroidered in in like japanese in in the breast pocket 
and maybe it had like an IKO patch or something. Um, and then they also had some other cool um, Kyokushin, you know, historical memorabilia on display, which I'm sure is for sale because they are a store, but it's also, it, it's cool. It reminded me of the Budo shop, which is in Ikebukuro. Um, I think it's like the north exit of Ikebukuro. Yeah, I but mean, that, cool but yeah. Um, yeah, it's a cool shop. They have, it's mostly Kyokushin. Um, they have like, they have like soul size belt when he was still like old Kancho Oyama. Um, and they have like old books and, and DVDs and stuff like that. Um, the guy who runs it, it was like a friend of soul and, and is very friendly towards like Kyokushin people. And I, I talked to him in Japanese and I, he actually speaks English fairly well. So we eventually switched to English and um, he gave me his business card and stuff like that, you know, when I was there four years ago for the world tournament. So I'm looking forward to going back to his shop again uh, this year. Um, but yeah, so Ueda posted that. Uh, there is also Hiromoto uh, uh, Ren, who is a former K1 kickboxer. Now he's like a Ryzen MMA slash boxer uh mma fighter slash boxer um who was originally when he was in k1 he started off as like kind of like an innocent high schooler that would fight kickboxing then he like over the last couple years he's made like a heel turn and and is like uh, presents himself as like a bad boy he got all tattooed up to his like throat or whatever and it's kind of he looks like a mumble rapper or like a soundcloud rapper <laughs> yeah it's because he was like, dating a it's... famous idol and she broke up with him and then he went fucking nuts oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh anyway so he he spent some, maybe last year or the year before he spent some time um in uh in america over at duke rufus's uh jim rufus sport duke rufus is like one of the best um american kickboxers so sort of PKA, like, 70s, 80s kind of kickboxing, above-the-waist kickboxing, um, who has sort of transitioned into MMA and has trained, you know, several um, successful fighters, one of them being uh, Pat Barry, who was uh, in the UFC for a little while and was also a, a pro kickboxer. Um, but anyway, Ren has since made the jump to Goki Kai Karate, which is Iwasaki Tatsuya. Tatsuya is like karate organization. So we talked a little bit about Iwasaki in maybe the last video last or the episode, video yeah, before that. Yeah. Um, he, so he's a former Jolnan, um, Jolnan Shibu fighter with, you, you know, Yamaki, Tsukamoto, Midori, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Hiroshige so that goal... His highlights dojo. You guys can check it out. Yeah. You want to see him fight. Um, so check that out. Uh, but yeah, sort of golden era Kyokushin 90s, like 90s golden era Kyokushin guy who has, uh, as we talked about in the last um, episode, has formed a, a sort of a friendship with the IKO where he's a supporter of, of the IKO and any IKO fighter that wants to make the jump into MMA, he, he can support them. But anyway, 
I don't know. Ren has just been posting like himself in like an oversized gi and very long white belt doing Taikyoko Sonoichi along with some other very skinny Japanese fighters. Um, and I thought it was so funny, but but I'm glad that he's like promoting Uasaki's organization because it doesn't get doesn't seem to to get too much promotion. Um, but that was cool. <laughs> um, and some other news uh, from my side. Uh, so uh, Everton Teixeira has also left the IKO and has joined his former. Uh, you know, uh, his former colleagues uh, in, in, in Senshi and KWU. Uh, so it's now Shara, Filio, and Feitoza, um, both, all three very famous Brazilian fighters in the early, uh, late 90s and, and early 2000s. Um, and Teixeira was the 10th, 9th or 10th wow. world champion, 9th world champion. Um, but yeah, it that's uh, it's all of Libra God Dojo basically at this point. Yeah, I truly I don't I don't care, but it was just interesting. It's, it's to, worth noting, yeah, for yeah. people who want to know that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess the last note then that I have to talk about would be that leads in pretty well. Um, recently I've been going through some old footage I had. It's quite scattered. It's it's one of those things where you take the video and then it just labels itself like 2016-05-4 video eight. Mm-hmm. So it's a and there's like a thousand of them. So it's an absolute mess to go through it and catalog it. But I actually had a lot of footage from the uh, 2016 and 2017 like uh, Iraqi Open in Baghdad, and then I had a Sulaymaniyah. Jesus. Cup. Yeah, I had a Sulaymaniyah <laughs> Cup uh, in Iraqi Kurdistan. Um, so I'd been going through and doing some stuff with that footage. I posted a highlight, I'm pretty sure, the Baghdad Cup on Twitter for, for our Twitter feed. But I do plan um, – but there's like a limit of like only two minutes on Twitter if you don't pay oh, wow. for blue. So, But I still – I think I'm going to keep editing that footage and I'm going to do something for the channel. I'm going to post some kind of like tribute to um, Middle East Kyokushin fighters. I think – Especially in like Baghdad and Sulaymaniyah specifically, the level of karate there is like super super high. It's very it's as high as Iran, and it's just oh. unfortunately um, having an Iraqi passport. It's like having a death sentence. Like it's just n- no way to travel <laughs> or get anywhere. And I yeah. firmly believe some of those guys from like Ali Nazar's dojo and some of like the branch chiefs, um, you know, Erbil Muay Thai and Kyokushin. Um, some of those schools are absolutely fantastic and produce like world-class fighters, but they just never get the chance to leave the country and fight elsewhere. Mm. And so I'm, I'm planning on doing like a tribute or, or something with that footage that I have and I'll post it on the YouTube. So you can look out for that as well during the summer, well, as well as uh, Chris's interview. But it was something I noticed, whereas I, was, I had not checked up on it in a while, but I went and looked to see the different organizations holding their Iraqi Cups this year. And I think it was, it might have been like KWF or something like that. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember. But there was some like org that was pretty specific to like the Middle East and Russia that had covered mm-hmm. a lot of these events. But 
I had noticed on some of the videos for like cups in Iraq, I noticed that the Kyokushin World Union <laughs> logo was plastered everywhere. So it seems like they've also, just since I've been editing and thinking about it and we're talking about people who have left to join it, it seems like they're also moving into like the Middle East tournaments and stuff and trying to scoop up people there. So it seems like Kyokushin World Union is you know spreading very fast. They're picking up lots of people. I mean, they have lots of money to throw around. So I can totally understand the promise of, you know, visa help to maybe fight in Senshi or something would mm-hmm. be enough to get them to leave their organization. But I was very happy to see that. I mean, I, I don't I, I try very hard. Like we watch and cover Shin Kyokushin. We watch and cover Rengokai. We watch and cover Aikyo. We, we try not to get into the politics bullshit of uh, Kyokushin and, you know, be fair to all the orgs and i think the fights and the fighters is very high in kyokushin world union just again some of the money they're throwing around makes me a little bit weary and then so i I was sort of disappointed to see more people signing up with yet another new org and like to me it's 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 not about that it's more about that it's splintering again that we have another Mm -hmm. huge player coming in um but i was happy to see like erbil kyokushin didn't join they're still independent i was really happy to see and just yeah, it's more absorption. And it bothers me that Kyokushin World Union, their tagline is time to be united. And it's like, but you're just another, now you're like a fourth or fifth huge organization splitting everything. Like, did, mm-hmm. we, did we really need another one? And it's nothing against them personally. It's just, it's disappointing. To, I wouldn't care if it was another Japanese one, not a Bulgarian one. And they had a lot of money and they had it from, I don't know, facebook invested and they were buying up all these dojos the principle to me is it's just more in reality it's just more division and another big player creating an empire Mm. and i'm just i don't want to see any more splintering like we have enough organizations that's basically what i'm trying to say yeah but that's not unusual for like that part of the world like i know in iran especially like is like tons of kyokushin people but there's Every single person is a part of something else, like uh, something different, you know. Um, and not that a this lot of is them passing. did so Kyokushin, just for the yeah. yeah. So, but not th- I'm not passing judgment or anything like that on on that part of the world or how pra- like business practices or whatever. So, but a lot of like people I've heard that I've talked to that are pretty high up in in their own organizations a lot of those guys like tend to dan hop like if you promise them like fifth don if you promise like some guy in iran uh fifth don he's gonna join right away like whether he's like first or second don um you know and if your karate is called whatever like I think it was Sonata or any Sonata of the organizations we named before. Yeah. yeah. So that, that tends to happen a lot in that part of the world. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, with what you're saying, that a lot of people made the jump to KWU. Um, also like KWF has like a, like, I think that's what you were talking about earlier. Um, they yeah. do have a strong presence in at least the, former Soviet Union and 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 the Middle East they do have like a strong like Azerbaijani 
group or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's who is sponsoring. Very strange, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's very strange to have just an, a very Azari presence, but yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what you're saying doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And like, if that's what you got to do to make money and, you know, get up in the world, I, I totally understand it. I'm just... I'm always wary of yet another organization coming around and dividing things even more and buying up more mm. dojos. Like they're not the first one to do that, but like to me, it was already bad enough when it was uh, IKO and Shin Kyokushin, and it's only mm. splinter. Like every year I get older, there's another big org coming up, you know, and it just keeps fracturing and fracturing and fracturing. And now we're now we're like fragments into fragments, and it's just really sad to me. But um, yeah, I mean. In conclusion, you know, I'll looking forward to seeing those interviews. I'll try to get something up for the Iraqi Cup that I that I was going through the footage this summer, and then, um, yes, it is a super exciting year for Kyokushin. We got multiple world tournaments coming up. Now, I think we were in a slump, um, post like the big four leaving mm -hmm. uh, Kyokushin Kaiken. I think we're on a big upswing with foreign talent, especially Gazalskis has been a blessing to me in, from the international side <laughs> for Shin Kyokushin and stuff like that. Um, I think we're in a really good place talent-wise, and I think it's going to produce like really, really awesome fights for this world tournament. I'm, ex I'm more excited for this one than I have been in a while. Good. Yeah. And with the 100th year of, of SoulSide's birth, like everything should be pretty amped up, I think. So... That's cool. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And uh, as always, thank you guys for watching. Um, this is Path and uh, Ichigeki X Edge signing out. See you guys. Awesome.